1: Hello the internet and welcome to season 277 episode 2 of Dirt Daily Guys Stay production yeah. of I Heart Radio. Hey,
3: who's that? Hey.
1: This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and it's Tuesday, February 28th, 2023. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka I don't know if you've heard of JC, but you never possess the Holy See. No rag, Cliff. No magic. No yogis. My boss is the motherfucking Pope. Uh, that is courtesy of Salvador Jolly, in reference to the new Russell Crowe joint, in which he is the Pope's exorcist and gets to utter the line: "If you got a problem with me, take it up with my boss, the Pope." Which I'm trying to <laughs> make my own new catchphrase. I'm trying to <laughs> absorb that into my life. Well, I'm thrilled to be joined by a very special guest co-host, one of the very faces on Mount Lightmore, an Emmy-nominated writer, artist, comedian, behind many acclaimed podcasts, author of the upcoming New York Times bestseller, I'm gonna manifest it into yes. existence, Raw Dog, it's Jamie Lofton!
3: Woo! Minion time! Jamie will (laughs) take over the daily zeitgeist. Dominion geist. Say below and banana. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I I don't know if. I think it may have been so long that I haven't even been able to really fully talk minions on on the daily zeitgeist. It's been way
1: too long. It's been that long. That you it's haven't been, been that able to fully talk ahead. about the latest, the rise of GRU. Yeah.
3: Oh, the rise of GRU. Yes. And that I'm legally married to Kevin Le Mignon. There's just been so much going on. Yeah. I'm so excited. Hi, Jack. I'm so
1: excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here. It's so, so wonderful hey. to have you. Did you say Dominion time at one Dominion point?
3: Dominion time. Yes. Yeah. Jurassic Park Dominions.
1: Okay. I, I was yeah. just wondering, like that was the first time that I realized that the Minions were behind the Dominion voting scandal, like the. They, isn't that the were... name of the voting machines? Like, <laughs> yes, how has no, was... how am I the first person to write this conspiracy theory? Come on, QAnon. And,
3: I mean, they like exactly they work. They work for the most most evil master you know available yes. at the time. Come on, I just love that in Minion world they. Have an elaborate reason for why the minions were had no ties to World War Two. You're like, oh my god, they were living in a frozen <laughs> cave then, Jack. Of course okay? they were. Yeah, yeah. For both of the world wars. So so relax.
1: Yeah, that I mean, <laughs> I I can't relax when it comes to the minions. What, <laughs> I know. What were I they know. Up to? and I... if they should have tried harder to get out of the frozen cave? Like I mean. <laughs>
3: Did they get the news? Did they just did? Did they sit one out? We don't know. We don't know. They're in supervillain circles,
1: I like for all throughout all their existence, and then just didn't didn't even know this was coming. Like, come on.
3: They're out by the '60s though, so you kind of, I guess, we just need to wait for the next movie to find out what they were up to during the Gulf War. I don't know.
1: Yeah, nine eleven, the Gulf War. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. there's a lot. They were of... the architects of all that CIA like false information.
3: Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: Wasn't it yellow cake uranium that was was. used to false yellow? Interesting. I'm just I'm just connecting dots that are there. I'm not adding anything to this. Anyways.
3: No, you're just stating facts.
1: I'm stating facts. I'm doing my own research. (laughs) Uh, We are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the author of the new book, Overthinking About You, about the intersection of dating and mental health. You know her from just between us. It's the brilliant and talented Alison Raskin!
2: <laughs> oh, What's wow. What's up? Thank you for having me. I did not know any of that about the Minions.
3: Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. What? I haven't just seen gotta, a single a...
2: one. I haven't seen A Despicable Me. I haven't seen a Minion movie. I I don't know about this rich history.
1: Oh, it's Oh, there's so much rich. going on. It's con- it's
2: contradict
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Jack, have you have you seen them all because of your kids, or are you just watch? I them have, for fun? but like
1: not in order. It's like I'll walk in for a scene here and there, and but mm. usually, like if the kids are watching a movie, it's an opportunity to like go get adult things done. So, but I have been Whoa. sucked in for entire chunks of of the main movie. What is it? Ad- what
3: is adult things? Do you like go watch Meet Joe Black or something? Just or constantly like-
1: paying bills, <laughs> just s- s- bills stacking up on my desk and then just <laughs> mailing them out the door with a real harried look on my face. Yeah. Yeah. No, I go watch Meet Joe Black.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's like a, the most adult movie I can think of. <laughs> Got adult
1: things to do, kids. (laughs) Like the true love between the Grim Reaper and somebody who met the Grim Reaper, although it's not clear. Some lady? I actually have
3: never seen Meet Joe Black. I just, my parents had it and it was two VHS tapes. So I was like, damn, that's grown
1: up hours. Were you kind of like walking into the room to make sure that they were occupied and then going to do kids stuff? Was it like a reverse of how I treat my kids? You were just like... I
3: I need to make sure I was good to go watch Pinocchio. Uh there maybe, you go. And you can watch—that's like you can watch Pinocchio three times in the runtime of Meet Joe Black. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true. Meet Joe Black is very long, and my dad mm. really loves it.
3: <laughs> oh, like
1: has has given like he doesn't give me heartfelt soliloquies about much, but he has been like that. Meet Joe Black is a hell of a film. <laughs> <laughs> Someone so. <laughs> had to
3: say it. You may be the first.
1: Someone did. Allison, how are you doing? Where are you coming to us from?
2: I'm in rainy Los Angeles, so I know it's what really is going on. Don't know how to function. Overwhelmed by the wetness. It's it's been it's been rough.
3: <laughs> we're just like not we're not built for it. And then every time it comes up for like for people who live in cities that get snow, <laughs> they're like, oh shut the fuck up you're like okay but it's raining and it's actually really hard for us we're not built for it it just
1: falls apart right away like so it started raining hard friday night and someone immediately, like one of the traffic lights in my neighborhood went down a car immediately like sped through that intersection knocked over a like telephone electric pole like knocked out power and internet to our entire neighborhood for the whole weekend <laughs> it's oh just my like God. this is just just Jeez. rain just rain yeah my friend guess.
2: had another one where somebody hit a pole and then she lost power and she had to stay yeah. at my house <laughs> for a night yeah. yeah, but it's funny that it's not just the weather it's people driving into poles seems sure. to be a main yeah. cause of the issue yeah fascinating <laughs> I didn't see that part coming
1: yeah. Yeah. No. Just right away. There's a a knocked over telephone pole. The trees are getting knocked over, too, which I, I'm a little confused by. I think just the wind, climate change. I'm not sure. That's what I that's my catchphrase. The wind, climate change. I'm not sure.
3: <laughs> that and the pope is your boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, leave it to boss. the pope. The pope is going to figure it out.
1: All right, Allison, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about today. We're talking about there were like. Two big COVID stories that were, like, revised over the weekend or over the past week. Like, one in the New York Times that was like, masks don't work at all. Like, never at all have they worked. And that is a fact. And then another that in the Wall Street Journal that claimed that they now have, like, it was, like, breaking news. We now have, like, evidence that COVID was caused by a lab leak. In Wuhan, and yeah, it just feels like there's. And then Woody Harrelson's SNL monologue was like a weird anti-vax rant.
3: It was. Yeah, i I watched that show, and I like it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Big fan. Okay, well, I guess we'll get there.
1: Yeah, we'll get there. I mean, it wasn't like a full-on anti-vax rant, but like he had this long, like
2: it was weird. This
1: long, like (laughs) story in the middle of it. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. It just feels like things like in what's supposed to be the center are moving right in a, in a weird way. So we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. We will of course talk about cocaine bear, which also according <gasps> to our writer, JM may be the ultimate pandemic movie.
2: Ooh. I've never seen a, a a concept for a movie. I would want to see less. <laughs> Perhaps. Whoa. And maybe that's, that's because I know the bear dies. Like,
3: oh,
1: right. I
2: don't want to watch a movie about an animal. And even if the animal's doing bad things and then the animal dies, like, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like the animal is very fun. I'm but, trying to yeah. think.
3: My reaction was quite the opposite.
1: Yeah. It's having fun like, before it goes out. But yeah, I, I I, can sympathize. I guess my mind didn't immediately go to like, oh, buddy. <laughs>
2: I have to know before I watch anything if any animals die in it. Because if they do, I I, I have to opt out.
3: So no John Wick.
2: No, I've never been able to see a single John Wick movie because even though I hear they're excellent, because I know that the central, you know, act, the catalyst moment is his dog dying. So it's a no for me. It's
3: devastating.
1: It's a no for me. But before we get to any of that shit, Allison, we do like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history?
2: A lot of my search history is like what my dogs can and cannot eat. So a more (laughs) recent one. Cocaine. Is that okay? (laughs) It seems like it's okay based on this
1: movie. It seems like dogs get really good at jumping uh, would be my guess.
2: (laughs) Mm. I recently Googled, can dogs have sparkling water? Mm. And what do you think was the answer? What what would your guess be?
3: I no too spicy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> My guess would be yes, and it will be hilarious to watch them react to it.
2: So, it was they can have it in small amounts yeah. if there's no flavoring. Okay. So, you can't have any kind of flavored sparkling water, but in a pinch, I guess they can have a little bit. But it seems like it also seemed funny. They were like, and some picky drinkers might be intrigued by the bubbles. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, okay. <laughs>
1: You're on a slippery slope there where <laughs> yeah. your dog's like uh perrier please yes
2: Do they, did they did dogs like it i don't know i i've never tried now i'm a little curious but i i personally hate it so i have this i i've never liked sparkling water of any kind and that's deeply upsetting to everybody in my life
1: mm. so you were oh. like thinking about going out to buy, like, acquire some sparkling water for your dog. Like, it wasn't a thing you had laying around and were, like, <laughs> no. sipping on it, and the dog was looking at you, and you were like, oh, maybe. It was, like, a thing where you were like, I feel like they might really fuck with sparkling water.
3: Let me let me look into this.
2: No, my fiancé's a big fan, and he okay. he oh, asked okay. the question, and I did the Google.
3: Mm. Okay. That's true teamwork.
2: Yeah, that's partnership. <laughs> that is partnership.
1: <laughs> What is something you think is overrated?
2: Okay, so we're we're planning our, our wedding. And so that obviously gets you thinking about a lot of like these traditions around that. And something that I, even before this process, has found to be overrated is a, a formal thank you card. Mm. I think mm. it is really annoying for the people to do who are writing them out, especially after a big event. And then I think most mm-hmm. people read them for one second and throw them out. Right. So I'm more of a fan of a of a text, a quick text. Thank you. But Mm. a formal thank you card. I don't know. I I, I'm wondering if as a society we can sort of start to leave that behind.
1: So I've recently received one from a couple for an engagement party and they took a video. It was very charming. And like, they, Mm. you know, them just expressing their heartfelt thanks. And, you know. It seemed like it took less time than like writing writing a thing out. And then we we just attempted it yesterday because it was my five year old's birthday. And so we were like, Well, we don't ah. want to go through the trouble <laughs> of of having him, you know, us writing the cards and then painstakingly getting him to write his name out and like a couple words. So we did videos after he opened it and was like super excited Ooh. about the gift. And it, it worked really well. Like I, I think little videos are are fun are a fun alternative. Uh, also, probably a little taxing,
2: especially from kids.
1: Yeah, from kids definitely fun.
2: Oh wow! So then, That's how do awesome. you get them the video? Is it in an email? Is it a hand-written yeah email card or With text. a like, URL.
1: Just a text okay. or yeah. That email. makes sense. I like hey. that.
2: So an update yeah. on it.
1: Yeah. Jamie, that. we did go to Chuck E. Cheese for his birthday party.
3: I know, but I'll pretend to learn again. There, <laughs> what? Yes, <that's>, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. I, I saved a couple of questions for you <laughs> for on mic. Yeah. So yeah. you said you said that the one you went to, there's no more band, but there is one. Chuck, there's the one. There Chuck is a
1: hit. animatronic Chuck, and when you enter, and the lights are all wait because like it's we did a thing where you go in before it opens up and like have like the video games to yourself, Ooh, but you also elite get a
3: tier Chuck, yeah, experience. elite tier
1: Chuck experience, the the <laughs> couture Chucky Chuckie Cheese experience. But when you <laughs> when you enter and there are no lights on, his eyes are like black holes, and it yeah, that'll happen. Upsetting. Yeah, it looks like a character from one of those medieval paintings that's just like them going going nuts on, like, the idea of a punishing god. <laughs> They're just like, this. What, what, what circle of hell? Yeah.
3: How did the kids react to the animatronic? Did they ignore it? Did they engage with it?
1: Completely ignored it.
3: Well, that's they, just... Yeah. Not to call your your child and their friends disgusting, but <laughs> what a... What a lost, what a missed opportunity, and what a yeah. lost generation.
1: I was trying to get attention to it. I was like, you know, doing a little dancing over by it and being like,
3: "It's, it's talking." <laughs> Guys, kind check of check this out.
1: <laughs> check it out. His mouth wasn't moving, but his hands were in a way that was completely dissociated from his voice. But it was close enough that you you could kind of tell that that's what was supposed to be happening.
3: That is something that bugs me. I mean, the top two Chuck E. Cheese things that bother me it right now, right now, it's always changing. Yeah. <laughs> but, your your um, list
1: is constantly updating.
3: Is that people, they're like, well, did you know his middle name is Entertainment? I was like, all right, call me in 2014. And that's when I didn't know that.
2: <laughs> I didn't know that. And the other, oh,
3: his middle name is Entertainment. Jamie's yeah, a connoisseur. E yeah. wow.
2: <laughs> I don't think for I've sure. ever been to a true Chuck E. Cheese. And now you can't.
3: That's the problem. You can't go all the all the animatronic bands are gone. Even the Chucky you're describing, which is a mid 2000s model after he's already been changed from a rat to a mouse that skateboards. Yeah. He, he's already got the voice of the guy from Bowling for Soup, so it's already a lesser experience. He he used to smoke. He used to smoke a big fat cigar, but now Did he really? Oh, yeah. Early Chucky oh, was the band leader. He played no instruments. He just yelled <laughs> at the band. He didn't even James sing. James Brown style. Yeah. <laughs> he just he was an MC. He smoked a big cigar. He was a rat and he ran a casino. And that was what happened.
1: He's still giving rat, by the way, because of the color. Of, like his fur is like a dirty gray. It looks like every rat I've ever encountered. And well, I, that's, I think... Uh, that's what you get from like him.
3: The vibe Chucky should be giving should be like, if he was in your house, you would kill him. Not <laughs> yeah, you would make him your right. pet. Mm.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now, are yeah. you saying that you don't like the lead singer from Bowling for Soup? Because that's one of my favorite bands of all time.
3: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad that he's getting those Chucky tracks. I think it's right. more just like, they made Chucky so friendly when he used to be a little hostile. And Got I kind it. of liked when he was a little hostile. I don't even remember when he was hostile, but I've watched so many hours of video. Yeah. Anyways, it's... Pasquale is the best character. Did you see any Pasquale?
1: No, Pasquale. Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I don't know who Pasquale is, to be honest with you.
3: He's the one human to to at Chucky Cheese. He's an Italian pizza chef, but he also <laughs> plays the drums.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: And he does stand-up comedy. No,
1: no Pasquale that I saw at all. Uh, unfortunately. Well. Pizza's still very good. They are they have shifted into a new thing where it's like very needy. And they like they open the Chuck the announcement that Chuck E. Cheese is going to come out by like running a PSYOP where they're like, uh, attention, someone's car is parked in the loading zone. They like read off a fake license plate number. I thought it was real, but then like they accidentally played the recording a second time and it, it happened again like 20 minutes later. So they just have that as a thing that I think is designed to get everyone's attention and get everyone to like shut the fuck up so Chuck can do his thing. But they, the the most noticeable kind of dissonance is between how excited they want you to be for the arrival of Chuck E. Cheese, the person in the Chuck E. Cheese costume, and how like uninterested everybody is in it, and no! then like kind of their knowledge <laughs> that that is also the case, like the the people who work there are just kind of like yeah, kind of going through the motions, unfortunately. But it was a Man. blast. I I do recommend a Chuck E. Cheese birthday party. It's, it's I wonder how much time
3: fun. we have left with with Chuck and friends.
1: They seem to have reinvented themselves as just like an arcade, which isn't a thing that really exists in most places anymore. That's and so, true. kids think kids call like arcades Chuck E. Cheese's and <laughs> the in the five year old <laughs> set. So yeah, I think I think they've just I th- I think they did a smart thing. Got rid of the ball pits, unfortunately, with well, COVID. But yeah,
3: it, yeah. It, it was the easiest way to you would get so sick. It didn't. Who knows how many diseases could be contracted
1: right yeah the balls at the bottom of the ball pit were presumed. i hope that when they got rid of the ball pits those were donated to science just to be like what what has been growing in here
3: yeah there's new
2: species
1: yeah absolutely allison what is something you think is underrated
2: I'm a very picky eater and something I've realized that I haven't been eating enough of because it is delicious and lovely is melon. I think melon Mm. has a really bad rap. A lot of times when you're like, oh, I'll have a side of fruit, people will be like, what kind of fruit? And when people say melon, they go, "Ugh." but Mm. good melon is really lovely and it's harder to get. I feel like gross melon. Like when I buy berries, berries are so expensive and then they're like moldy in one day or like taste. Disgusting. We're like, you buy a whole melon, you got fruit for days. Less chances that it will be horrifying a bad bite. So I'm I'm really pro melon over here. Is my new thing.
1: And are you just wow, chipping off? Melon you melon
2: lobbyists le- bought you out. Yeah, they have <laughs> for not much. <laughs> so you leaving me-
1: leaving the melon intact and then just like kind of chipping off pieces as you go. Do you? Cut the whole melon up and like just ha- have it that way because, yeah, I I do feel like melons melons have a better shelf life than other like kind of fruit once you open them. Yeah, like I got all these half open bananas and they Oof. they don't last well
3: at all. No, gotta say. Oh god,
2: <laughs> I think it's I think something that gets in the way of melon, e- melon eating is that uh, it seems like a lot of work. But if you sort of go into it and say, okay, now I'm gonna cut up my melon. You pre-cut yeah. it all up. Then you have melon for days. It's already ready to go.
3: Yeah. I like melon for days. That's, <laughs> that's enough to sell me on a melon. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I bought a melon. But I also, I don't know. I can't remember really the last time I brought, I bought produce that was like not disgusting. Mm.
2: But that's what I'm saying. Someday melon is a way around mm-hmm. disgusting produce. Mm-hmm. and it's much more affordable and it's affordable so. yeah
1: and great names and these... for the melons cantaloupe and uh honeydew, honeydew. are both well-named fruits mm-hmm. I have to a say. lot of
2: pun possibilities are we including water in
3: the the melon family
2: definitely
1: oh yeah okay. yeah of yeah.
3: course okay okay i'm just checking guys I'm of course Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: Did you not read the notes that we got from the melon lobby? That this is all a way of pushing all melons. Make
2: sure equally. to read the brand name next. Yeah, but I do think watermelon has a good rep, whereas yeah. honeydew and cantaloupe are the real underrated all stars that need to be back in the circulation.
1: Mm, absolutely, wrap a little <laughs> wrap a little ham around that shit. Ooh, so good. Whew. I don't. I don't think that's. There's a, there's another word for it the for the ham that you're supposed to use but a ham prosciutto. melon, prosciutto. yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, do you guys have any ham melons that I could uh, <laughs> order for my appetizer?
3: And they're like, wow, this guy, this guy knows his <laughs> culture, <stuff." laughs> yeah.
1: cultural force over here. All right, uh, <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk some COVID stuff. Cool.
3: No. Yes.
0: Zeitgang, <laughs> gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust? Or is it, you know, like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth connect with customers inline and online look you want to use TikTok? well guess what they have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that get hardware that fits your business take payments by smartphone transform your tablet into a point of sale system or use shopify's pos go mobile device for a battle-tested solution plus shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way now i was looking at shopify.com and i'm trying to get some answers let's say uh, you know how to all lowercase, go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zai Gang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu.
3: I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit Follow.
1: And we're back. And there, there are two COVID stories that seem to be making the rounds from big mainstream media institutions, the New York Times, as well as the Wall Street Journal. And so, so first up last week, there was a story from Brett Stevenson, who's like their trad Catholic columnist and has... <sighs> has said, like, wild shit about, like, climate change and, you know, just dismissing it as, like, an activist thing. That's that's the thing that I'm noticing more and more popular in the mainstream is, like, yeah, and sure, yeah. climate activists will tell you that this is something to be worried about. But this time, he came through with a story where he was he was quoting a study from Oxford that is basically, like, masks don't really work or we don't the the study like the actual abstract of the study was like we don't have evidence that masks work and when people who understand how studies work like dug into it they were like this is a study that should basically be read as there haven't been enough good mask studies essentially like that that was the conclusion that that was drawn
3: but that's not the trad
1: that is not the Tradcast read. He, he, well, then basically... you need to take that
3: up with your boss, the Pope, Jack. Like this seems like a you hey, problem. It
1: does, and yeah. you know, you. But my my quote is actually that if if you have a problem with me, you can take that up with my boss, the Pope. I <laughs> okay. I don't take things up with him. I'm actually scared of him. Right. But, right. Right. Yes. Like yeah. Just the details of the studies are all examples where people like didn't have proper education on them on like how to use them or there was like no way to guarantee that they were using them with any sort of consistency and so like basically the two scientific sides of the conversation are like masks work when used correctly and consistently but mask mandates don't work because people don't actually like follow them versus masks work so of course there should be mandates when you're trying to prevent the spread of disease like there's never any scientist who's coming out and being like masks themselves never work and why are we even talking about this but the way he like opens the article is there is just no evidence that they masks make any difference full stop and i don't know
2: so wild i'm I'm getting a master's in psychology and I'm right now I'm in my research methods class. And so I couldn't be more prepared for this discussion. Um, You know, you go into these classes and you're like, well, why would I even need to understand how to read a research study? Like, you know, but it's so true that like when people like write these, like, clickbaity articles off of these research studies it's like they're pulling the wrong thing they don't even understand what the study is saying it's so easy to like trick people but this one feels like especially egregious in that like the study itself wasn't even making the claims that like let alone like that this guy's making where, like, some studies in themselves are just bad studies. And I think that was another big thing is, like, we just haven't even had enough good studies on masks. Like, if anything, this should just be, this should prove that we need to, like, spend more money researching masks so that people will believe it. But I also feel like even if we did those studies, people who don't want to believe in masks would be like, well, those are the fake studies. Right. Right.
3: Uh, Which which I totally agree is, like, complicated by a sort of, Fundamental misunderstanding that like not all studies are created equal. They're not all done as broadly and how, I don't know. I feel like sometimes when like, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw my own mother under the bus in this case. Like if my mom's coming to me with like, I saw a study, she'll talk about it as if it's like from the university of good and accurate science, like (laughs) just like it was studied. Therefore it must be true with which I, did at one time also but then it's like the more you look into it, it's like sometimes studies are paid for uh by people who want certain results the you know control groups can vary and just like all this other stuff that is like more common knowledge now but even so this is like such a bad faith reading of a study that we don't even know how like well it was conducted so it's like a right a hat on a hat issue a little pope hat on a pope hat if you will yeah
2: And it wasn't even a study about COVID, right? It was, like, done before COVID. and
1: Yeah, a lot of the studies, a lot of the studies that were in the thing were from before COVID or, like, right as COVID was happening and people didn't have, like, any education on how to wear masks or, like, they gave a huge chunk of the population of people, like, traveling to Mecca for the pilgrimage, like, a bunch of masks. And then they were, like, and... They actually got COVID more than the other people. But it was like they, they had no control, no understanding, no insight into like whether they were wearing them, like if they were wearing them the entire 24 hours, which presumably they were not. And it was like not at a time when masking was particularly popular. So, yeah, it just, it, it's a mess. It's like very complicated and it just feels like there is this push uh in the center to like revise things so they're not complicated and so that the government was wrong and doing it to because they were mean like because they right. they're just mean strict parents like mm. I, I don't know i feel like they're working through some issues or something
2: there's also just like this sense of like well if something is not 100% effective all of the time no matter how i do it then it's useless Right. Like it's like and you see that with like vaccines and boosters and all this stuff where it's like, yeah. you know, it's not like when you get in a car accident and you still get hurt, but you are wearing your seatbelt. You're not like, well, I'm never going to wear my seatbelt again. Like, yeah, <laughs> like right? this expectation that like, well, if it doesn't work 100 percent, that it's totally made up. And and stuff like this supports that when like any basic understanding of like how germs are transmitted, masks are clearly doing something. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: The seatbelt was the metaphor that a like letter to the editor used. Like it it was universally like this article was panned by scientists. They were like, this is crazy that. But yeah, they were like, so should we stop requiring like putting laws in place to wear seatbelts? Because sometimes people don't wear them properly and like get hurt as a result of that. Which, yeah, I think that's a good metaphor.
3: This is some minion shit. I mean, and also it like it. I don't know. I I, there's still so many like I've seen a lot of immunocompromised people online being like, I'm once again being bullied for wearing a mask at the fucking airport. Like, yes, for and, and this time it's like by people that probably wouldn't have been doing that three years ago. It's really, really bizarre to see that kind of shift.
1: Yeah, that seems to be, like, the aggressive behavior we're seeing is not people being like, could you wear a mask? It's, like, help. It's people getting mad at people wearing a mask. And, like, just in my personal life, like, that's what what I've seen is someone walking in and be like, well, fuck, are we wear masks, huh? And it's just like, gee, like, wh- like, what? I just don't. And, like, the- it's kind of the same question I have for, like, a Brett Stevenson or, you know, any of these people who, like, work for these big you know, centrist, journalistic institutions is like, what do you think you're helping here by like trying to shame people for having suggested like we we know that they help people sometimes. So like what exactly are is your angle here is is kind of
2: a
3: question that comes up a lot. It just seems like annoyance.
2: (laughs) It's like a way for people not to feel bad about their choices. Right. Because of masks don't work then I don't have to feel bad that I'm not wearing a mask and I think that that's really been at least like you know my theory like seeing being like one of the last people I know that still masks even though I'm surrounded by liberal-minded people people who took COVID very seriously at the beginning to see them all sort of drop off on wearing masks and I think it is like almost this exhaustion Of, like, I can no longer mentally tolerate the idea that I need to mask or that COVID is still real. And therefore, I'm going to I have to believe that it's not. So then I won't do things that, like, are scientifically proven to help.
1: Yeah, this article was written because audiences want it to be true, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also a Wall Wall Street Journal article that was like, we now believe that. COVID was like leaked by a lab in Wuhan and didn't come from the wet market. And it really, like the headline really seemed to indicate that this was like settled. And then all of the follow ups are like, this is still like an, an active debate where most of the evidence suggests like the actual, like the normal. Version of events that we got was the right one like all of the early cases seem to cluster around this wet market. And yes, there is a lab that would be a candidate for like leaking this sort of thing in Wuhan. But it, that doesn't mean that it happened that way. And even and like the Wall Street Journal headline made it seem like this is settled. But then the report again that they were talking about like was they were like we suspect this with a very low level of certainty, <laughs> but, but it just gets and, filtered back to being yeah we we figured it out racists were right.
3: Well, I was like it's like and for those of us with brains that are so tiny, what is the uh, ideological advantage of this being true versus the wet market? You
2: can blame China.
3: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just can confirm. Blame
1: China that. and Chinese people. Yeah. <laughs> cool, that, that cool, cool. Okay. It.
3: So that's what the Wall Street Journal is going to do today.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that it was like China was working on this virus that got out of their lab. And so we can 100% put the blame on them yeah. and like the, their massive cover up of what happened. And it's mm. interesting because this story keeps coming back, right? Like we had the Vanity sure. Fair article a few months ago and now it's like getting. On Wall Street Journal. And it is this interesting thing of like, if it ends up being true, I'm very scared. Like, I, I don't want it to be true because then I think it will just lead to so much like racism and anti Asian hate and like strange relations. And like, I pre- much prefer that it just like was transferred from animals to humans at a wet market. Like, that feels. Like, you know, but then I'm sometimes like, oh, well, do I have to like allow for the possibility that this could be true since all these major news organizations keep talking about it? Right. But like they keep talking about it, but they have yet to to prove it in any definitive way. Right, like with the same level of
3: accusatory, like baselessness that they did three years ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like when you look at, what scientists were warning about in like before COVID happened, like they were all about like, yeah, this zoological, like this leap from animals to humans is the most likely way that this is going to happen. And, but when you look at like how, how it happens usually in like movies, like 12 monkeys or something, like it's, it's a science, like an evil scientist wanting to hurt people. And so I feel like there's something about that version of events that is just like, I don't know, like more narratively appealing and the right mm-hmm. is trying to like capitalize on that to drive up the the racism industry. I don't know.
2: Well, then it's also feels more preventable in the future. Right. If it was just right. like this lab leak from a foreign government versus, sure. oh, these diseases pass from animals to humans kind of naturally. And that's something that can like keep happening. It again yeah. is like a way to like feel safer or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then kind of tying it all together in the pop culture realm, uh, Woody Harrelson's SNL monologue was this weird rambling anecdote with a punchline that was basically just like that vaccine. So it... He was like, the biggest drug cartel, he was like, imagine a world, or he said, I have a script where the biggest drug cartel in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep them, keep taking them over and over. Who's going to believe that crazy idea? Yeah. He also, like, called himself a Marxist while he was, like, doing this, which... Uh, Right, that's like.
3: I mean, I guess I don't know. I I don't know much about the politics of Woody Harrelson, and I stand by not knowing that. (laughs)
1: Right, (laughs) that's a strong decision.
3: That is such like lazy word salad. That again, it's just like that's just like not someone you expect to hear that kind of bullshit from. Yeah, very bizarre.
2: The whole monologue. I was like, who approved this? Like, who wrote this and approved it? Like, what did he just go rogue? It was like so kind of like stumbling and strange and yeah I mean and then yeah. Elon Musk being like this was a great monologue that's like <laughs> that to me is Which like just like
3: if you had any doubt about whether it sucked <laughs> right There right. is.
2: <laughs> that's the new fear I feel like it's like if Elon Musk will approve of what you've done
1: yeah. you're like
2: no 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 <laughs>
1: I wanted so much more from him after I saw a triangle of sadness when he was like a socialist uh boat captain who just like right <laughs> who who like has like coherent perspectives but of course in america like it's going to be more like somebody who's you know listened to too many episodes of joe rogan and that thinks that that makes him like a free thinker but yeah he he has previously posted about the theory that 5g is exacerbating the covid outbreak and once signed up to co-star in a movie that was just like 12 angry men but made by 911 truthers so, oh my God, <laughs> he yeah, like I, I had the same reaction where I was like, not Woody, and it's like, oh, he's been mm-hmm. Woody's been Harrelson, Harrelsoning.
3: He's been Harrelsoning. His yeah, his brain's been boiling in that in yeah. that big old head. Yeah. Well, that's a damn shame. Yeah. Also, the oh man, twelve angry men by nine eleven Truth, truthers does sound like a really solid thirty rock fake. Thing. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: absolutely. The world has turned into 30 Rock. Also, his dad is one of the suspects in the JFK assassination, like in a bunch of JFK assassination really? conspiracy theories.
2: Yeah, this is wild. Yeah. his dad like murdered a very famous judge. Yeah. Um, which is like a whole nother bananas backstory to Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody yeah. Harrelson is
3: murder nepotism. That's yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Wow.
2: That's wild. Wow
3: yeah I'm confused, and I feel lost, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah I mean, I don't know i but i I do think that there is just an overall movement towards the right like that's happening in the mainstream culture yeah. because the the American like media and like the American sort of central ethos like rejects socialism as a as anything serious, anything that could be taken seriously. And so, the other option is like leaning towards the right and like slowly moving everything towards the right and so it just feels like people are still like man trump Trump's an idiot right but they're they're just these like tiny like baby steps that are being taken by what is supposed to be the center, and it's a fucking bummer, but I think probably is where things are headed more and more, unfortunately. Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder, like, on the set of Saturday Night Live, if there was, like, pushback that this was going to be their monologue, you know? Like, how does the cast and writers feel about that, that the show is becoming more moderate to the right and everything? Yeah.
3: Given the makeup of that room, I would assume that there is, but I I don't really know where, like, the buck stops in that situation.
1: Like, Pedro Pascal's monologue from a couple weeks ago was clearly him just, like, telling a story that he tells to people because like it's charming in person and like it's just like famous people telling their like famous people stories that everyone's charmed by and so i wonder like if that is a genre of like monologue that they have of just like just let woody get up there and do his thing (laughs) and in this case it was ill-advised but the studio audience was like huh (laughs) <laughs> even, though there's, even though there's like a giant sign that's like, clap, laugh, like blasting them in the face. You know, they were still kind of like,
3: oh. They still when had their was, free like, will.
2: When there was ever a punchline, you could tell there was just like relief from the audience. Yeah. But that's like, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, this is, I am meant to laugh here. Because they yeah. didn't sort of know what to do with the rest of it.
1: He's like, and I still smoke weed, though. And everyone's like, yes!
3: yes! Yes, that is what very we like about you. countercultural in <laughs> the year 2023. Right.
1: All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little uh, cocaine bear. We'll be right back.
0: You like to watch new stuff, right, Zai Gang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump.
1: And we're back. And so, Cocaine Bear came out last weekend. I think it did pretty well. I actually don't know. I usually yeah,
3: it came out. It it did like did well right behind Ant Man Seven or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Right,
1: the one that like made everybody just be like, I don't know, man, I'm out.
3: Yeah. We always think it's the one that says makes people say, I don't know, man, it, I'm out. But then they're like, Well, it made a billion dollars. So you yeah, yeah. have to watch it, seven more.
1: It is doing pretty well. Uh yeah. So Cocaine Bear debuted with twenty-three million. So that's that's pretty good. It's like it seems like it's escaped the snakes on a plane curse where it's like if the internet loves the thing and says they're gonna go see a movie, they actually won't. So you can just ignore it. Mm-hmm. I th- I, it seems like they kind of got this one right by just making it super fun. So I, I still haven't seen it. J.M., our writer, saw it, oh, I'm and yeah. He, so first of all, I, I do just want to continue with. So it, J.M. argues that this whole thing is a metaphor for COVID and like the uncertainty around that, and just like a a thing happening that like our brains can't make sense of. I also just so the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> Not to keep picking on the the journal here, but they dropped a story is on I... people like an alert that was like the true story behind Cocaine Bear is even crazier than the movie, which is a movie in which a bear ingests a bunch of cocaine and gets superpowers. Like that's, <laughs> that's crazy. What... That is...
3: <laughs> what was what was Wilder about it? Uh, according to the Wall Street. <laughs> I I just
1: it's. Th- their explanation was that like I'm an ad, an ad guy made, they were like that. So th- part of the backstory is that they have the actual cocaine bear at this Lexington, Kentucky museum, the Lexington, Kentucky's fun mall.
2: Which is an intriguing place. <laughs> Having fun in Super the title intriguing. is very smart marketing.
1: Yeah, just a fun mall. That's a, hopefully yeah.
3: not a yeah, hopefully not a promise that backfires.
1: So it's just made up by some ad executives like that. So there was a bunch of cocaine dropped from a plane in Georgia. They found the cocaine and a bear next to it that had eaten some of the cocaine. And Mm -hmm. that is the extent of the story. And then two Kentucky ad execs were like, wouldn't it be funny if we took this taxidermy bear that we have and put it in our thing and said it was cocaine bear? And that is the story that The Wall Street Journal claimed is crazier than a bear actually ingesting pounds of cocaine and getting superpowers.
3: I mean, The Wall Street Journal, in addition to having a lot of bad journalism, they're also just fucking dorks. So, of course, they would think this boring ass story is more interesting than the plot of Cocaine Bear. I do, I do think that this um, this bear taxidermy in Kentucky uh, is fun. It's wearing a little hat, and you yeah, can't take they put that from the it, taxidermy. and A
1: red, ch- uh, gold chain, which is fun.
3: Something that has changed about me recently is that I'm really into like seeing taxidermy in a public place. I'm like very oh, really? ready for it. As long as it was it like as long as it was ethically done. And I do ask every mall manager and every airport manager that has. But I've been to a couple airports recently that have taxidermy there, and uh, I like it. And then I took a taxidermy class myself, and I liked it. It was fun. Wow. Wow. What a turn for you.
2: Do you think finding a bear that overdosed on (laughs) cocaine in the woods and then stuffing it, is that ethical?
3: well i it like more depends on like what species the bear was there's like a bunch of ta- I've read a lot about taxidermy laws um <laughs> it depends on like what species the bear was uh, as long as it wasn't you know killed to be stuffed, that's mm-hmm. obviously like the biggest ethical issue. but if it died of natural causes or even cocaine causes, it just really can't be taxidermy causes that I think taxidermy just like freaks a lot of people out, which is understandable, and you obviously shouldn't kill an animal specifically to stuff it right but You know, Cocaine Bear lives on, in a way, in the fun mall, question mark. Maybe better places for it, but maybe not. That's fine. I'm open to being taxidermied.
1: Okay. All right. (laughs) Any particular airport that you want to see yourself displayed at?
3: I think Logan International um, at the JetBlue Terminal would be good.
2: Oh, you had that answer ready to go.
3: <laughs> Near the legal seafoods, in <laughs> the legal seafoods, <laughs> if possible, <laughs> if
1: possible. And what would the display like? What would be happening in the, during the display? Like, what would you be teaching? Like, would you be podcasting? Would you be
3: no? I think eating pretty similar to cocaine of bear. Cocaine?
1: yeah. I would okay. be, yeah.
3: I'd be wearing a hat and a gold chain, yeah. Sunglasses look
1: like someone who partied too hard. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. Um, I'd like to really get a retroactive party girl personality when I die.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is fun. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks has said that she responded to the script because she read it at the beginning. Of, so Elizabeth Banks is the director, and she read the script at the beginning of the pandemic and thought that quote there was no greater metaphor for the chaos that we were all feeling in 2020 than a bear high on cocaine, which I I like. I do think that this has to happen, right? We we've been talking about how like dur- during the Iraq War, the second Iraq War, like nobody was really seeing movies about the Iraq War, but like everybody was watching like these torture porn movies and then like fast zombie movies Mm -hmm. and like that. So I don't know if like drug crazed animal is going to be the next like version of that that we use to like deal with our complicated, unacknowledged angst around the pandemic, but the, it, there seems to be like an argument for it. I don't I think I'm going to have to see the movie to fully understand like what what exactly it is about it that is evoking COVID. But
2: I think it's like the unpredictability. of right. Like I, I've never dealt with a bear on cocaine before. What what do I do to protect myself?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you run away? Do you right. lie down? Like, if you climb a tree, like, bears can't climb trees, right? Oh, wait, when they're on cocaine, they actually can,
2: <laughs> according to this movie. But the, I mean, I in real life, the bear just immediately died, it seemed just like. Just died, yeah. And that was really sad.
1: I know.
3: Yeah. I would also watch the Sundance sleeper hit about the bear that eats cocaine and just dies, sadly. Right. <laughs> it's more of a family drama. Right. Um <laughs> i honestly i i haven't seen it yet i'm gonna see it this week but i don't know like i've this movie and and a couple different movies that have done well recently just i feel like it's like mm, these feel like depression movies basically Mm -hmm. we're like movies that don't have anything to do with anything really and they're just like fun and distracting and they're just like big goofy movies that are about whatever. Like I I felt the same way about like and and that's not to say that that genre of movie can't be saying something and like I take Elizabeth Banks at her word there and but it's like the same thing with like Megan like did incredibly well recently and like that does have like some Commentary, but it's mostly just like, I want to see the robot dance and kill someone <laughs> yeah. in an elevator. And that would truly, make me feel good yeah. on a Tuesday night to distract from the world <laughs> falling apart. I like that genre of movie. I, I'm glad Cocaine Bear people are liking it.
1: Yeah. Megan is truly at its best when she's dancing and just like putting on cool sunglasses. It's really s- a lot of fun. I saw. But-
3: I saw a very online video on Twitter of the, of Megan dancing to the uh, Ariana DeBose rap. She's doing flips to Angela Bassett did the thing. It was very exciting. <laughs>
1: uh, the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we, at least the Wall Street Journal totally fucking up. Reporting on the movie is another way that we can add to the, the idea that the cocaine bear represents covid Mm -hmm. and and our experience with that allison truly a pleasure having you on the daily zeitgeist as always where can people find you follow you read your words all that good stuff
2: yeah i have a weekly podcast called just between us that has its main episodes on wednesdays and then also like a fun reddit exploration episode on mondays and then you can check out my book overthinking about you Navigating romantic relationships when you have anxiety, OCD, and or depression, pretty much anywhere books are sold.
1: There you go. And is there a tweet or a work of media that you've been enjoying?
2: Well, I found this tweet that I thought was just so lovely from Jack Kalil, and it said, My mom started painting in her late 50s after never having done before, and this utterly distinct style has flown out of her, and it's taken some real convincing to make her believe that she's genuinely talented, and these are real art, and I just wanted to share them. And then he shared, like, four screenshots of, like, these really beautiful paintings. And the, oh, wow. the tweets like blown up It has like over almost like two hundred and ninety thousand likes. And so I just like like to imagine oh this God. like this like woman seeing her paintings, getting the credit that they deserve. It brings me joy.
1: <laughs> Amazing. That's so Jamie lovely. Loftus, where can people find yeah. you? And is there a work of media you've been enjoying?
3: Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter still at Jamie Loftus help Instagram. Jamie, Christ, superstar! Listen to the Bechtel cast. Listen to d- any podcast you want, really. And then buy Raw Dog, <laughs> my book about hot dogs. On uh, May twenty third, you can pre order it now, and yeah, you should go do that. And you
1: you absolutely should right now. It's very go good. Thanks. It's so good. Oh yeah, you it's guys
3: have so both read it. Funny. <laughs> <It's so
2: laughs>
3: exciting. Yeah, and t- we just revealed like the hardcover art today, so I'm really excited about it. The tweet I am enjoying is from Jacob Aller at Jacob Aller, O-L-L-E-R. I don't know why Jacob was watching a, it seems like a silent film about whalers, but he posted some screenshots and uh, captions It whaling slang still goes because it's like <laughs> two whaling captains shaking hands and then the they say, farewell, captain, greasy luck. And I want to integrate that into my my daily. That's my new. That's my new email sign off. Greasy luck. <laughs> greasy luck unto you.
1: Yeah, so and a very will greasy, greasy luck. luck. Mine to will be. You. If you have a problem with me, talk to my boss, the Pope, and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Please
3: sign all your emails like that. <laughs>
1: Tweet I've been enjoying uh, Loan ch- Afchen tweeted 44 year old guy at your work who says metric fuck ton It's about a bear <laughs> who does cocaine. Yeah, you heard that right. I just thought that was Yeah <laughs> <laughs> love that guy who says metric fuck ton all the time you can find me on twitter at jack underscore o'brien you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website daily where we post our episodes and our footnotes where we like link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Super producer Justin, what is a song that we think people might enjoy?
2: Uh, well, this is a track that I thought was very touching and charming. Um, this is a song by Illa J, which is Jay Dilla's younger brother. Whoa. It's a song called Maureen that's just an homage to their mother and it's very it's just very nice and it's got a cool style where um it's got like this boom bap like soul full style it kind of reminds me of old kanye west before he turned into a fucking super villain speaking of minions my god but (laughs) yeah uh but i i love this track it's got a lot of heart and yeah if you want to check this out it's called maureen by illa j and you can find that song in the footnotes Good notes.
1: The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, back this afternoon, to tell you what is trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get.